Podcast One production. Jenny Cooney has been a part of Hollywood for 30 years, reporting on all the Aussie stars, from Hoags to the Hemsworths, Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie and beyond. This is Aussies in Hollywood. Luke Mitchell has a lot of fans in the US thanks to his roles in TV shows like Tomorrow People, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Blindspot. But to most Aussies, he'll always be remembered for his star-making role as Romeo in Home and Away, which ran from 2009 to 2013. Luke then married his former Home and Away co-star, talented actress Rebecca Breeds, and they came to Hollywood. While Rebecca made us a cup of chai tea, Luke and I tried to avoid being interrupted by their gorgeous dog. Even though Luke just landed his first starring role in the upcoming CBS series The Code, he's the first to tell you that it hasn't all been easy since he made the move to Hollywood. Here's Luke. Luke Mitchell, welcome to Aussies in Hollywood. Thank you very much. <laughs> and thank you, we're actually really in Hollywood. Really in Hollywood, yeah. Which uh, is unusual for you because you've spent... Uh, a lot of time in New York since you've been working over here. So yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, you know, this is this is where it kind of started for us. But uh, the last two years we've been based in Brooklyn, and we've literally just been back for kind of three weeks, and um, and now we're planning to move back to Brooklyn. So you know, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> so you were winding up on Blind Spot, and you'd moved your stuff out here, and then another opportunity basically yeah so um yeah uh blind spot was coming to an end and we went well let's move back to la and you know uh get back in in front of all the casting directors and you know producers and be where all the studios are and get in front of our agents and managers and you know get everyone excited again and because i don't know i guess uh, being in new york you kind of feel like you are far away from everything so um we'd wrapped our head around going, yeah, let's, let's move back to LA for a period of time and be in the one spot for a period of time. And then, uh, I guess, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to go with the flow when the flow is going back to New York. Well, and they say, uh, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans, mm, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. Um, exactly right. So <laughs> anyway, it's, 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 it's not a terrible location to go back to. Well, and congratulations. Cause you've now, sort of graduated, I guess, to be the lead uh, of a show that's starting with you in it. I mean, Tomorrow People was m similar but more of an ensemble, is that fair to say? Sure. And, look, this will be an ensemble as well, but this, this, the character uh, that I'm playing in the code is, is definitely, um, you know, the main guy or, you know, one of the main guys. So... Um, the, the the bulk of the story does revolve around my character so yes it is uh yeah i guess it is it's it's definitely a step up um in terms of workload so where did you stay when you first came to la um i'll, I'll go back to the beginning of the story sure. in a little bit but i'm i remember that you know you guys kind of like you you finished the show you got married and then you just arrived in la what was that like it was uh it was crazy it was it was literally just you know, jumping without a net, really. I mean, Beck had um, had booked a, a pilot, so you know we had something to go to, but I had nothing. 
um, we got married and, and went on our honeymoon and then went straight to LA for pilot season 2013, um, not really uh, knowing what to, you know, what to expect and I guess bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and um, we, we stayed, we uh, had, had some sort of connection through I think Beck's manager at the time and we were renting some house um, just sort of north of uh, Hancock Park. It was, um, yeah, but it was all very new. Like the, LA was very much um, unexplored territory for us. Um, but we, you know, Beck, Beck shot her pilot in LA and I, I booked Tomorrow People and that shot in New York. So I guess early on, uh, New York played some sort of a part in, um, in the goings on. <laughs> so then you immediately were both working on opposite sides of the country. Well, for a period of time, yes. I mean, we've we have been toing and froing a little bit. Um, uh, thankfully, the pilot was just in New York for Tomorrow People, and then the the show went to Vancouver, which is um, uh, much more friendly in terms of doing a little bit of distance uh, because Beck had to be in LA when her show got picked up. Um, I did a movie in Seattle, so we did a little bit of LA Seattle time, and then it was LA Vancouver time. But being in the same time zone, that's you know, it's it's really quite an easy thing to to overcome um it's only a two and a half hour flight which unfortunately Beck had to do more than I did um <laughs> but yeah it was it was great we we love Vancouver and we we're still getting to know LA so it was yeah it was all good things so you mentioned you're a Gold Coast boy mm. um Margot Robbie's the only other famous Gold Coast person <laughs> that I've I've interviewed so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't seem like the Gold Coast is a place where people all grow up thinking that they're going to go to Hollywood and make it, right? What what was your upbringing like? uh, I had a great upbringing. Um, I spent a lot of time at the beach. I played a lot of sport. Um, I have a a very big family. I have uh, three brothers and a sister. Uh, Everything became a competition. But, um, you know, the Gold Coast is a a fantastic place to grow up. What were your early memories of film and TV? When you watched it, did you... No, you wanted to be part of it. Were you interested? Did you not care less? I love I love film and TV. I always loved going to the movies. I think that experience from an early age was was one of my highlights. It was always a special occasion thing. We never got to go, but it was um, it it just wasn't part of my psyche uh, at all. I was I was a sportsman. I, I did pretty well at school. If I wasn't so into my tennis, I probably could have done better at school. It was it was kind of a a weird uh, sort of sequence of events that that led to me becoming an actor which just is such a strange thing so what was the um strange story of uh, how you ended up here I wanted to be a professional tennis player that was my thing I was I was very good I was a very good tennis player um you know all the Mitchells were and I guess after I quit tennis I naturally got a job tennis coaching because it paid some bills and it was I knew so much about tennis that it was just an easy transition but it was never going to be end game for me. Um, and so there was a period of time where I was just kind of like working out what I wanted to do and working out who I was and all that sort of stuff. And I, late one night, I heard a, uh, an ad on the radio for this new modeling agency slash acting uh, agency uh, that was having an open day. And I was like, I could just turn up and sign up as an extra, you know, or, you know, maybe sign up as a model or, you know, talk to someone. Why not? What's, what's the harm, you know? And that, that was kind of the inciting incident, I guess. And then get into this office with this guy and he's, he sits, sits across the the desk from me and 
larger than life, really enthusiastic, uh, very passionate man. And, um, and yeah, he was just very interested in me. And I guess I hadn't had uh, a lot of that in, in my life at that time. And, uh, you know, um, he got me to open up and he's like, so Luke, you know, what do you want to do? You don't have to tell me now, but we've got, um, we've got this free acting workshop next week. Why don't you come along? I was like, yeah, what's the harm? Cut to next week. I, uh, I get pulled up on stage and had to do cold reads and improvisations and acting exercises and all this stuff. And it just petrified me, but also exhilarated me at the same time. And I was so terrible. I remember it very clearly. I was very, very bad, let me assure you. <laughs> but I drove home from this class on an absolute high. And I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. And it kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> Let's go back to your story because it's uh -huh. just amazing to think that you this was not ever a dream of yours. No, and, not at all. And so this was this place was the Film and TV Studio International. Is that where you were? This or? is before that. Before that. This place uh, is uh, no longer exists. I, you know, I, I I don't even know what happened to it. But then I enrolled in somewhat of a, a semi uh, um, full time course. Uh, this was all on the Gold Coast and I just started to actually learn about the craft of acting. And um, at the completion of that course, I very brazenly auditioned for NIDA and WAPA. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get into NIDA or WAPA. The, the short version of that is I auditioned for both of them and got callbacks for both of them. And that was the validation I needed. Um, so that, that, was, that was interesting. That really spurred me on. And then I started taking classes in... Um, at the Film and Television Studio International where I met uh, Craig McMahon, my current Aussie manager, and he took an interest in me and I did some classes with him and then he said, Luke, if, if you really want to get serious, you need to move away from the Gold Coast. Um, you know, like not, not even to Brisbane, like the industry back home is so small and it really only exists in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, so if you want to be serious, moved he he was based in melbourne and so he said move to melbourne take classes down there and let's let's try this and uh and i did so at the same time as, as i was doing that i was working at dreamworld doing this scare attraction thing which was kind of cool because it was acting work it so was you were paid acting it was yeah. paid acting work kind of i mean well, it, didn't, it was scaring no, people is that yeah it was just you know like one of those scare attractions where people walk in a dark maze with their hands on the shoulders of the person in front of them and, you know, there's fog and mirrors and strobe lights and all that sort of stuff and then there's a bunch of actors in uh, in makeup and blood and gore and all that sort of stuff that come out and um, it's just all movement-based and you oh, make, I've been make in scary, one of those. Make scary really noises. Scary. Yeah, like it <laughs> You're was... You're like a zombie or a... Yeah, exactly. That's the sort of thing and uh, I... <laughs> that was fantastic because that was, that was... It was paid acting work for me, you know, and that's that was... Yeah. That was nice. Um, but the beauty that, that again, uh, so many moments of um, just serendipity uh, at the time. I, so I worked at, in this thing for, for nine, about nine months, I think, in Dreamworld. And then the company that organized this were going to do like a, a pop-up at the Royal Adelaide show. And then they were going to set up another semi-permanent one in Melbourne. And the timing of it was just brilliant. I was like, well, I'll put my hand up for both of those and then I can justify moving to Melbourne because I have work there mm -hmm. and then I can take acting classes whilst maintaining work. And so that's how I transitioned to Melbourne. 
working in a gelati store and, and scaring people at Luna Park. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that you was... You were at Luna Park, huh? I was at Luna Park, yeah. Yeah. What, where the old ghost train used to be, or no? It was it was there was like a set up tent. Oh, so it and was the, a special. It was a special thing. It was like a summer attraction that then kind of uh, became a weekend attraction, um, and that's why I was scooping gelati as well because you know that doesn't pay all of the bills. <laughs> so was neighbours the first thing that happened because you were in Melbourne then, or was that later? Yes, yes. So, so that was really. A huge moment for me. It was it was such a tiny role, but it was huge. Um, speaking of validation, it was the first time that I got employed as an actual professional actor, and I got to go on set and check it out. And I was so green, um, and it was just wonderful. I just grew so much, and I was only like three months worth of work. It was you about had, did like eleven episodes, yeah, something yeah. like that, um, and. I just loved it. I just loved being on set. I can't explain it. It was just a feeling. I was just like, yep, I'd like more of this, please. Um, the character I played wasn't such a nice guy and he ended up dying within his 11 episodes or whatever. Um, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, but that You've been killed quite a few times. I have right? been killed a couple of times, yeah. It's, it must be something about my face. Um, um, so when I got the call that I got the, the neighbour's job, I was in a bank and I took the call and went outside and got the news and I was just in utter disbelief. I was working my ass off doing these two jobs in any spare moment, putting money into these acting classes and found out that I got a job and I just burst into tears. It was just such a happy moment. I don't think I've still to this day um, had quite the same reaction to hearing the news that first bit of validation that you're on the right track or you know yeah just keep doing what you're doing so that that was really lovely that was yeah and then but that that ended pretty quickly and then I was still in Melbourne um I think I did some low budget indie film that was just time on set um and then and then I got H2O um, which ironically was, was my back up in Queensland back, right? back up on the Gold Coast oh, so my funny. first series regular role on a, on something took me back to the place where I had thought I had to get away from to become an actor. So a little bit of irony there. <laughs> and you did a season of that and then uh, did did uh, Home and Away happen soon yeah, after that? Yeah, so moved to the Gold Coast, shot for nine months, had just the best time, just the best time. And just, you know, got along so well with... Um, uh, Angus and 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 Kariba and and Phoebe and Indy and and all the rest of them, uh, you know, just wonderful people. And my my first week of filming, I was riding on a dolphin, like an actual dolphin, like wow, just crazy stuff that I will you know never forget. Um, so because I bonded so well with these guys, at the end of the nine months, they were all uh, Sydney-based actors, and they said, "Why don't you move back? Might move to Sydney with us?" And I was like. Oh, maybe you know I you know wanted to say yes because we'd all bonded and that you know I spoke to Craig about it and he's like mm, I'm not sure I think you should move back to Melbourne and I was like okay okay yeah I should do that because you know I I just have this thing that you should trust the people that you have on your team you know I, I just think that's important and I was like okay mm, I'll move back to Melbourne I won't, I won't move back to Sydney and then Craig called me back like a week later and he's like no I was thinking about it you should move to Sydney I was like huh okay 
So then I moved to Sydney. I moved to Sydney and um, and I was living with a bunch of the H2O guys in in this, you know, apartment, this terrace apartment. And uh, I got a job uh, at a bowl, the local bowling alley because I didn't want to rest on, you know, I didn't want to just assume that I was going to continue to work. I was like, no, I'll, I'll get a job and, you know, I'm going to be auditioning, but who knows when that next thing is. And on my first day at the local bowling alley, when I was getting the, the full tour by the owner and just giving me the history of how they make the pins and the balls and walking me around the back and saying, I got a thing, I don't normally take on you guys, but I got a thing with faces and I, I like you and, you know, welcome to the family and all this sort of stuff. As I'm getting this on my first day, this poor guy is thinking that I'm going to be the manager in 30 years time, I'm sure. I get a call and my phone, I shouldn't have had my phone on me and it was buzzing in my pocket. It wasn't loud, but it was buzzing and I was, I quickly checked it and it was, it was Craig and I was like, uh, excuse me, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom, I'm whispering on the phone, I'm like, oh, what's going on? He's like, you know that audition you did for Home and Away? Yeah, you got it. And I was like, sorry, what? Uh, and so I had to, and I was like, I can't, I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm, I'm at a bowling alley. Uh, I'm, I'm, he's like, what are you doing at a bowling alley? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm working. I'm, you know, I'm trying to make money. He's like, well, you go and quit that job because you're not going to need to work in a bowling alley anymore. But I didn't have the heart to go out and tell Aww. this guy that it just, you know, so I, I stayed there for another hour or two. And then, then I excused myself early and went home and then called Craig and discussed it all and what it meant. And then I had to then call the bowling alley man back and explain the situation. He's after probably it. got a photo of you up on the wall now because I'll be happy that <laughs> well, know, uh, yeah. he was associated with you in some way for I a few hours. I hope so. Uh, or it could be a photo on the wall saying, do not serve this guy. Do What's not the trust bowling this alley guy. called? I actually don't know what it's called. It's just it's, – it's in um, – uh, Rosebury. It's it's just it might be Botany actually. Um, it's okay. in that in that area. But yeah, I've, I haven't been back. I haven't had the heart to go back. Uh, lovely man, by the way. Um, yeah, and so that was that was two weeks into moving to Sydney. I wow, uh, two I, weeks. Yeah, I, I I got. And then that was the next four years of your life, right? <sighs> yeah. Yep. Um, and that that home and away did all sorts of things for me uh, and my career and you know um, publicity and it was just you know I guess making a name for myself a little bit and growing in confidence and and growing in acting skills you know just just time on set working with different actors and different directors and um, it was wonderful it was a really really wonderful period of time for me. And you won a Logie for most and I won popular a Logie. new talent. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, was that, that was kind wild. Of cool? It was really surreal. I wasn't expecting to win. I, I was surprised when I was nominated, to be honest, because it was it happened so soon after being on the show, and um, I just didn't think. I was like, why would I be nominated? You know, I still didn't have a high opinion of myself. I still, you know, I came on the show, you know, at the height of uh, Lincoln Lewis and Toddler Sons kind of fame and they, they were like these gods up here and I was just this you know shy little kid going oh cool you know I'm just happy to be here um next minute I'm being nominated and next minute they call my name out and you know Molly Meldrum and John Mayer uh hand me the award like it was it was mental I was just yeah it was 
hard to process. Well, that's certainly some validation too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, of, yeah. It's, it's a funny old thing. <laughs> and I know, you know, I used to get TV Week mailed to me over here, and you were on so many covers, and yeah, you know, you, you sort of really did become one of the iconic faces of Home and Away eventually. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was. I think there was a real kind of changing of the guard just as I arrived, and kind of Todd and Lincoln were finishing, and. Yeah, I think they needed some fresh faces in there and I guess winning a Logie kind of helps. Um, the riders push you in a certain direction. Um, but look, it was just so much fun. I made so, so many good friends and I don't think you can't fully appreciate that life while you're doing it because it just feels like it'll go forever. And, you know, I there's part of me that's like, maybe I should have just stayed on it, you know, like what a, an amazing life. Like, I think that when you're younger and have these huge aspirations, you look at Ray Ma and you're like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Why did you just stay on that? Why didn't you go to Hollywood? Why didn't you try and, you know, go big? And the older I get, the more I'm like, you smart man. You, like, you get to live in, you know, arguably the best city in the world, working one of the best jobs in the world, um, and just do what you love, like, you know, making money and having having an incredible lifestyle, you know. Um, but um, I decided not to do that, and I, I, I think it was a challenging myself moment. It was... Um, Yes, I could stay on, but that's staying in my comfort zone. Mm. Um, what's what's that going to serve me? Let's let's see what else is out there. Let's see if there is more. Uh, I think that's always been my attitude. What else? You know what? Can, you know what is? Where's the roof? Is is there a roof? Um, let's see. Let's let's at least give it a shot. You know why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you met. Your now wife Rebecca breeds on Home and Away. Was Not it... quite on the show. Not we, quite? Just before the show, another beautiful little moment of um, just uh, six degrees of separation. So Beck and Kariba, who I worked with on H2O, Beck and Kariba worked on Blue Water High together in between seasons two and three of H2O. So they were good friends and I was living with Kariba in and and Bergie and Phoebe in Rosebury in Sydney and we had a housewarming party didn't we and at the housewarming party Beck arrived um and yeah that was that was a very special moment you know people you know I I don't know I'm I'm pretty uh sentimental but the, the moment we met uh I will not forget for as long as I we live yeah Oh, and then you ended up working together. And then, and, and when I met her, I didn't know that she was on the show because I didn't watch the show. So I, I didn't, she'd already been on the show for a year. So oh. we kind of, you know, flirted and whatever. And, and well, I guess it was like, oh, is this just a party flirt? And then like a week later, I turn up on set and who's there? And the flirtation continued and, you know, uh, the rest, as they say, is history. So at the end of the four years, it wasn't just your decision to make. It was the, the two of you at that point both yeah. had to be on the same page, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it was a question of what's next. You know, Beck had finished before me. She actually extended her contract to, to do an additional storyline. And, and then she finished and then I was finishing. And 
we were just like, yeah. I mean, I guess we both were ambitious and wanted to test ourselves and the natural next step is Hollywood, you know, like, why not give it a shot? Um, but also that was, that was a huge kind of period of time in my life where I think, I mean, I've always been a late developer, but I really feel like that was a, a time where I transitioned from a boy into a man, despite being in my late twenties, uh, mid to late twenties at that time, you know, I, I, um, and I just knew how lucky I was in all sorts of ways. And, uh, that's, you know, then I went, I'm locking this girl in because she's amazing. And, uh, I decided to propose and she thankfully said yes. And then we were like, well, we'll tell you what we're doing next. We're getting married. <laughs> it was never a rush, but you know, then yeah. we we're both finished home and away. And we're like, well, let's plan this thing. You know, why not? Like, what are we waiting for? It wasn't, I, mean, I think it was maybe six to eight months later. Like it wasn't like crazy fast, but it was ample time. Um, but yeah, and then that, the, the wedding kind of transitioned into honeymoon and then pilot season and, you know, um, adventure. <laughs> so when you went to LA, um, Beck had the pilot for the show with Ray Romano, was it called We Are Men or? Uh, not with Ray Romano. No, um, it was, with, oh. um, oh, now I'm blanking. No. Um, Jerry O'Connell was in it. Um, Chris Smith, uh, Oh my goodness! He was on Monk. He was Monk. Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. Thank I you. Sorry, He's in I everything. messed up. I knew that. No, that's okay. You're right. Um, You're right. Yeah. Um, right. And then you got Tomorrow People after she started working, but then that show ended up ending after five episodes, I think. Yeah, that was brutal. That was that was tough. Um, so the the part where you must have all been like, "Oh my god, look at this! We've come here. We've both got shows." And then there was just a little hiccup, right? Sure. Yeah, a uh, little dose of reality of of what the industry is like, and the industry is brutal. You know, it it is really tough, and I guess it seemed easy. It was. It seemed easy to. Well, no, it didn't even seem easy. Like we worked and. We worked hard to get the jobs that we got, but it, it did happen seemingly easy for us. People on the outside were going, geez, they got it easy. And we were kind of, you know, sailing until this happened. And it was tough. It was a tough kind of period of time because tomorrow people did a full season, but then we got cancelled as well. And we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's not all roses. Um, but we were both grateful for those opportunities and for being able to live in Vancouver for a period of time, which was awesome. I'd love to get back there. Um, and then, yeah, and then then we, you know, did a road trip back to LA and we, we had to kind of reassess. We were living in a little crappy two-bedroom place in West Hollywood with uh, a friend of ours and like it was fine. It was lovely. It was, you know, no air conditioning, uh, in summertime, you know, that like that's when I say crappy, that's, that's really what I mean. There was no air conditioning. I don't <laughs> deal well in, uh, in, in LA heat with no air conditioning. Um, yeah. And then there was, it was kind of a, yeah, it was a, it was a pause. It was a, not a pause. It was just like a, a breath, like, okay, well, back to auditions and doesn't really, uh, getting one job doesn't guarantee you continuing to get a job. And then how soon after that did you join uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It was a little while. So um, I guess I, I finished Tomorrow People, uh, I guess, around April uh, 2014. And we drove back and 
I think we had a little, maybe a little hiatus and they had a little holiday perhaps. And then we're back in, we're definitely back in LA for summertime 2014. And then late summer, um, I think around August or September, no, I think it was probably around August. I, I, I booked, I randomly auditioned for a pilot out of pilot season, uh, which was members only. Oh, that's right. Um, which was billed as a straight to series yes. thing with John Stamos and and Natalie Z and you know it was all very exciting and um, it just it landed in my lap out of nowhere. I just auditioned cattle call, one audition, two weeks later, hey, they want to test you. It's like oh, and then I found out that I was the front runner and you know I had to do a bunch of things and I ended up getting the role and they're like we think it's straight to series but. We're not sure, and then I was like, well, whatever, you know, I'll go and shoot this thing, and we shot in upstate New York, and that was great. It was um, kind of a, a big uh, confidence test for me, being a part of a big cast of big names, and um, I had a lot of fun, um, and it turned out really well, and we were all expecting that we'd be doing that for seven years. Well, maybe not seven years, but we yeah. definitely thought we'd be doing it a se- at least a season of it. And, um, yeah, and it, at the last, at the 11th hour, they, um, ABC pulled the pin. Um, so we went back home for Christmas, um, tw- end of 2014, had an extended holiday. And my first audition of 2015 uh, was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., oh. um, which I did... Um, I I had you know like a holiday beard and I just got out of the pool and you know I I hadn't seen the show I didn't know anything about Inhumans and I knew it and I was like okay cool I'll, you know I'll, I'll give this a whirl and and put it down and didn't think about it and a few days later I was getting a call from my manager just saying can you be in LA in a couple of days time because I want a chemistry test you with with Chloe Bennett and um, I had to cut my holiday short to fly to LA and just just for a chemistry test like it wasn't even guaranteed that I'd get it Um, and uh, it was just me and and another guy and I got it and then that was a recurring role just for season two and there was no guarantee that that would get renewed for season three which is pretty funny now looking at them going, what are they, season five, season yeah. six, something like that, which is, um, you know, just crazy. So, um, you know, it was just a, a small role, but at the time, just a recurring role on a, you know, relatively low-rated show that was on the bubble. But then that evolved into a third season and I got up to a series regular. And that was really cool because that introduced me to the Comic-Con world and comic fans and that was that was a real eye opener, and I got I got to go to San Diego San Diego Comic Con for the first time, and yeah. um, being in the in the big hall. You were um, in Hall H. Yeah, yeah, no, that was I've been mental. covering Comic Con for a long time. That's pretty. Oh, intense. it was daunting. I was so <laughs> nervous. Um, and Just I was sixty five hundred screaming fans in the room with you. And I was the new guy, and they called me up on stage first, and um, Jeff Loeb was like. Um, trying to get me, well, ask me to do an American accent. Uh, um, I'm, look, I've been doing an American accent now for a long time, but it takes a lot of work and I don't like being put on the spot because it makes me nervous and when you're nervous, you're not confident and you can make mistakes. And there's nothing quite like uh, being in front of 65, you know, well, 6,500 fans um, screaming at you. Anyway, I don't think I screwed it up, but um, yeah, just a... Uh, 
really surreal experience. <laughs> so you did two seasons? I did a season and a bit. I, I did, um, I think I did six or five to seven episodes of season two and then I did um, most of season three. I was, wasn't in every episode. I think I did maybe 16 or 17 episodes out of the 22 for season two, season three. And then the bastards blew me up in space. They killed you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Again. <laughs> Did we mention how you left Home and Away? <laughs> yeah, well, that was my idea as well. I, the Home and Away thing. I wanted a dramatic ending, but they, wouldn't want, they didn't want me to have an on-screen death. And so I pitched an off-screen death, and that's what they bought. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, we digress. Um, so you've really had a lot of those experiences um, of the constant thinking this is it and then something kind of hitting another wall. The, the, the funny thing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was it felt so great and I felt like I was part of a really special family, which, which I was. I absolutely was. Um, we got renewed for season four before I found out that they were killing me off. But thankfully I knew that they were going to kill someone off. I was hoping it wasn't going to be me, but through a process of elimination, I've always been, you know, I never count my chickens before they hatch. And so I was still wary when we got the call saying, hey, you've been renewed. Congratulations. Everyone's congratulating me. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, someone's going to die. So, you know, and it it turned out to be me. Um, So I'm glad that I kind of guarded myself at least a little bit. Because it was, it was a little bit emotional. Um, you know, I was sad to say goodbye to S.H.I.E.L.D. and the S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. family. Um, and they were, they were really sweet about it. But one of my... It was my... At the end of the day on um, episode 21, I think it was. So that's how... So I, I died in episode 22 of season three. T- episode 21, this is when I'm finding out that uh, who's going to die and... Um, that's how secretive they are. They don't tell you in advance. And so I think the last day or second last day of Ep 21, I get a note in my trailer uh, saying, hey, can you go up to Marissa's office? And I, never a good and, sign. In, and in you know, a year and a half that I'd worked there, I'd never got a note like that. And I was like, well, this is it. This is it. Um, so I went up there and Marissa and Jed and um, Jeff... I think both Jeff were there and they're all there and it was quite a somber mood and, you know, they just explained it to me and I was like, that's fine, guys. Like, you know, I'm sad to say goodbye, but, you know, uh, I'm not angry. I'm not, you know, like you got to do what you got to do and they were very lovely and um, I can't imagine that sort of thing would be easy for them. Um, But it happened and then once again I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm without a job. Um... Well, it happens a lot more these days on TV. I remember there was a period where nobody ever... If you were a regular on a show, you never thought about getting killed off. Right, And then I think there was a point where it started happening because the producers wanted to teach some of the actors a lesson. Right, they were yeah. Like, they couldn't just ask for anything they wanted. and all You actually sudden, have to turn up and do, do the hard, <laughs> put the hard work in, you know. You don't just rest on your laurels. But then you... Then you I mean, was there a gap between that and blind spot or did you just yeah there was a gap there was a holiday gap so we I uh, that was right so I you know it was a very emotional end and you know my last scene is literally saying goodbye to the love of my life on screen which is Chloe uh, you know we have this radio chat as I'm hurtling into space to you know on a rocket ship that's going to explode 
Um, so, you know, their emotions were high. And then like a couple of days later, we went on holidays and we, I, I think we went to Australia and then we went on a Euro trip. We did a couple of conventions. Um, and, um, and then at the end of that, I think our last convention was in Hanover in Germany. And we hadn't, I hadn't been to Germany before. And so we went, let's hire a car and just do a road trip through Germany. So we got driving through Germany, having a great old time. Once again, it became a, a bit of a habit of mine. Anytime I went on holidays was, I don't want to shave. I'm not going to shave. I'm just going to grow a nice holiday beard. And, you know, that's my, you know, signature move saying I'm relaxed. I'm just not going to bother. And, uh, and so I had a pretty healthy beard on me and... Um, yeah, in I think the last week of our holiday, driving from Germany to France, I got an email saying, we've got an audition for you for Blind Spot. And, and I was like, oh, okay, this is terrible timing because, you know, I don't really want to do an audition right now. Had a quick skim read of the, the breakdown of the character and I just went, oh, first impression, that's not me. I'm, I'm not wasting my time. I don't see myself in this role. Snap judgment. Um, thank you, Bino. Thank you. Uh, and that's it. And I w continued on my holiday, got back to LA a couple of days into being back in LA, still jet lagged. I get another email. Hey, uh, now that you're back, they want to see you in room for this thing. And I'm like, guys, I'm, I don't think I'm right for this role. Um, but I tell you what, I won't go in room, but I'll put a tape down for you. I'll put a tape down. You can see what I've done and that's it. And I didn't still with the beard, still with the beard. That was my kind of, I don't care about this role thing. Because <laughs> um, I know, I know my, my manager and my agents don't really like me with a beard. And so I was like, here's me with a beard, guys. <laughs> Did I mention that Luke has a little beard right now <laughs> while we're talking? <laughs> He's Which, in holiday mode. It is summer in LA. <laughs> well, it's still the remnants of blind spot. That okay. It's, it's going to be going soon, okay. I think. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so you put the yes, tape down. Yes, so I put the tape down with beard and sent it in. The next day I get an email callback. <laughs> I'm like, of course, of course I get a callback. The more you don't want the something, more you the more don't they want, want you. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, so now I do have to go in the room with casting and Martin Giro is on Skype. He's uh, the executive producer, showrunner for, for Blindspot. And so I take a deep breath. I'm like, okay, I can do this. This is, this is fine. I'll just go in, not getting rid of the beard, going in the room. And I was a little bit nervous and kind of stumbled through it a little bit, but then clicked in and, and did a pretty good job. But not like amazing. I just, I, I did a good job and and they were very nice. And and uh, and I walked out of there going, well, you know, there you go. I did the thing. Um, two days later, I get a call from my American manager and agent, uh, just very chummy, just asking how I am and how it, how it is being back in LA. And I'm like, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually really nice to be back in LA. And they're like, well, it might not be for very long. And I said, sorry, what? And they're like, you, they want to test you for blind spot. <laughs> and I just burst out laughing, uh, just the irony of it. And I was like, oh, okay. They want to test me. And they're like, also... They're not testing anyone else. Normally what happens in the testing process is they, they send three or four people through to the network so that the network have, you know, choices. 
because, you know, they might not like one person, even if one person's a favourite. Normally that's what the, the way it is. And they went, they, they think you're it. They're only sending you through to the network. So if the network give you a green light, you're moving to New York. Um, and I was like, right. And uh, anyway, long story short, well, long story shorter, um, that's what happened. Uh, I think I got a call the next day saying, pack your bags. You've got a week. So I had a week to move, move, move from L.A. to New York and find a place and start shooting with Jamie. And um, As her long-lost brother. As her long-lost brother, yeah. She's um, a real trip. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And you had uh, another Aussie on set there, Sullivan Stapleton. Yes. Was yeah. that nice to sort of have... It was or, great. Or did you guys have to watch your accents together? Or? <laughs> well, we never really got to work together uh, very much initially, um, but he was great from the get-go. Um, you know, he's very much captain of the ship uh, of Blindspot, um, and, you know, he, he took me under his wing, and I think he, he took a liking to me pretty early on, which is a good thing. You definitely want to be friends with Sully. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, he took me under his wing, and um, I think he liked the idea of, of having an Aussie, uh, and, and, and better yet, an Aussie that he liked um, in, in New York with him. Um, you know, I, I don't think New York is his favourite place. I think he actually prefers L.A. to New York, and he'd been there for a season. He was trying to, still trying to get used to it, and... Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it was it it worked out really well, and Blind Spot for me um, has, has been the greatest uh, creative experience of of my career so far. I've been so so thankful for for that opportunity that came out of nowhere. <laughs> so was, I read somewhere at some point that you injured a stuntman. I don't know which show that was on. <laughs> is that true? It is true. It is true. <laughs> what did you do? I broke his nose. Yeah, yeah. Look, on what show? On Blind Spot. Yeah. Um, look, it's not. It's not on my uh, highlight reel. Um, <laughs> it was, Sorry to bring up a painful memory. No, no, it's not painful. I, I just, I still feel bad for the guy because you know a broken nose. I haven't had a broken nose, but I've been hit in the nose and it doesn't tickle and it's, it, you know, it really messes with you and and I broke his nose good and proper. Um, and it was only my second episode on Blind Spot too, so oh, I, no. I it was in one way. Did you I, feel like you were gonna get? No, 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 I didn't. It, it, I mean, the sort of character that I was playing, it kind of, you know, in a weird way, I was like, well, it kind of suits my character that I've done this, you know, like that I'm gonna garner a reputation for being that guy, and you know, everyone's gonna be watch out for the new guy and that sort of thing. So I kind of had a you know a little joke about that, but. Ultimately, I felt terrible. Uh, we look New York in the summertime is just sweltering hot. It's just you can't escape it. And we were shooting uh, in this, this shed, and it would just amplified the humidity. And we're doing this fight scene, and we'd done it 18, 19 times, perfectly, perfectly, not even close to hitting each other. And just on that, you know, that twentieth time, uh, I d I couldn't tell you. I'll take the blame because I broke his nose, but I couldn't tell you whether I was an inch forward of where I should have been, or whether he was an inch forward of where he should have been. And that's all it takes when you're shooting a fight scene at full pace, trying to really sell it as a real fight. Um, mistakes happen, and that's you know that that is why stunt performers are paid the way they're paid. You know, in case accidents happen. You know, um, 
Anyway, did I, he come back to the show after that? He was a um, he was a he played a small character, and no, I don't think he came back to the show after that. I don't know whether it's because of me or whether he just had other work. But um, yeah, I, I hit him with my left elbow about as hard as someone can hit someone with their left elbow. Right. Um, yeah, but I bought him a, I bought him a bunch of beer and uh, some personalized mugs, and bleh. it was literally the least I could do. Well, I had. Being, I mean, you know, Aussies are usually nice about this stuff. We're not. I mean, you know. You're, you're obviously I've, looking very even bad about it now. Totally. So. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not proud of it, no. but um, it happens. Well, you know, some people probably would have been proud of it. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, no, not my, not my finest moment, but, um, you know, I understand that it's the nature of the job that yeah. accidents unfortunately do happen, um, and it happened very early on in Blind Spot. And uh, when you kind of got the groove to sort of you were in that world, um, then they told you that you were being cut back. Is that like what happened leading into your next job? No, or? not quite. Uh, so, look, to be honest, I was like I said, it, Blind Spot came out of nowhere for me. Uh, I was very grateful for it, and they threw so much at me, and it just grew me uh, incredibly as an actor. And uh, yeah, it was a great role. It, I mean, emotionally, physically, every, in every possible way. They literally threw the kitchen sink at me in season two, and I was just grateful for that season. And I, I was playing a bad guy. I was a bad dude. And um, to be honest, I wasn't expecting to do more than that. I was, I was expecting to be killed off at the end of season two. And uh, and when that didn't happen, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what they're going to do. And then the show got renewed, which, again, it was on the bubble, so there was no guarantee that that was going to happen. It got renewed, and they went, we're keeping you around, and we're going to throw even more at you. And uh, season three was... I was like this double agent. Uh, I, I got to use a, an Australian accent for the first time in America because I was playing. I, I get to kill. So, not only do we get to shoot all over the world, um, which was just fantastic. We shot the first episode in Venice, in in, in Italy, not Venice. Venice, Italy. not where you live. <laughs> Venice, Italy was the first wow. episode of, of season three. And as we, and I was just having absolute ball doing this like fight scene on the back of a speedboat with Sully. In the Italian heat, uh, you know, all day and uh, doing just really cool stuff. Um, and then it, one day uh, at lunch, I was talking to Martin and he was like, so just so you know, in a couple of episodes time, you're going to kill a guy. And I was like, well, that's not new. And he's like, but you're going to assume his identity. And we're, we're thinking that it'd be cool if he was, you know, from somewhere else. You know, what? so what accent do you want him to have and therefore what accent do you want to do when you're assuming his identity? And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. How long am I going to be playing this, uh, you know, extra identity? And he's like, pretty much the whole season. I was like, well, as much as I want to challenge myself, um, it might be kind of cool to play an Australian for the first time. Uh, it would be fun because some Americans don't know that I'm Australian for one, but two, it'd just be a fun challenge for me to, to kind of just be in my voice for the first time and, and push myself that way. And, uh, and they went with it. So we got to, um, uh, they ended up hiring, uh, Daniel listening, listening, um, to, to play, um, the character that I kill. And we, we had a great time 
shooting a couple of scenes together and then I kill him. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then for the rest of the season, I get to play two characters, an American character and then, you know, pretending to be an Australian character. Um, so just, yeah, so that was one thing. And then they sent me around the world r- romancing women and killing bad bad men and... Um, you know, we shot in Barcelona, we shot in Marrakesh, we, I, we shot a little bit in Sydney, um, uh, well, and then we finished you up did. in, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you Well, we kind of snuck it in, you see. So I requested some time off to go to, to come fly back home to go to Beck's premiere in Melbourne, um, for three summers and I, I was just going to fly in. Three from summers is a movie, the Ben Elton movie that your wife, Rebecca Breeds did. I'm yeah. just letting everyone know what yes. that was. Yes. And you what, Def obviously wanted to go back for the premiere. Yeah. And I was, her. It was the world premiere at the, yeah. at the Melbourne uh, film festival. And so I was like, guys, if there's any chance, you know, I knew there was a chance because I was kind of uh, a separate storyline to the majority of the other cast. Um, and so I was just like, look, if you can give me a Friday and a Monday off, I'll fly home for the weekend and fly back, you know? And they're like, we can do better than that. We're, how about 10 days back home? I was like, sure. And they're like, would you mind getting a shot for us while you're there? Because of this Australian storyline, they said, well, if you're going to be in Melbourne, can you, if we'll hire a DP there and we'll just get a shot of you in front of some iconic landmark. And I was like, guys, to be honest, and no, nothing against Melbourne, but... There's nothing internationally, instantly internationally not, recognizable. Not quite. Yeah. And I was like, if you really want to do it, I'll fly to Sydney first and we'll get a shot with the, Har- the Harbour Bridge because that is obviously um, instantly recognizable around the world. Um, and so that's what we ended up doing. So it was, it's really just a, a couple of shots, but it was, very, it was very cool to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, and then we finished off shooting season three in Cape Town where my character... Uh, spoiler spoiler alert, um, my character dies again in the season three finale. Okay, so you tell me, let's to go go back to this whole theme of you getting killed off all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it has happened a lot. <laughs> mm, yep, it's, it's happened a few times now. Um, twice in a row in season three finales. Uh, but look, this one was one that had to happen. I, I yeah. thought I was going to die in season two. They kept me around. I did even worse things in season three. I had to die. Story-wise, I had to die. Uh, as much as I didn't want to, be, it just made sense. Um, so you've had all these really intense, close experiences with these families of actors now and quite a few shows and had to sort of be yanked out in the middle of them. Yeah. That must be really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, look, it can be. Because normally if everybody's kind of leaving a show at the same time, it's a different vibe, but, you know, when it's... I mean, I guess it's slightly easier when you join a show halfway through or partway through, um, which has been the case for Agents of Shield and Blindspot. So I haven't, you know, I haven't been an original founding uh, cast member, um, but I certainly have felt like you know definitely part of the family of, of both of those shows, and it is definitely sad to say goodbye. Um, but the, you know, in the same uh, in the same breath, uh, I'm just incredibly grateful for those opportunities and. Uh, I like when I signed up for Agents of Shield. It was just a recurring role. I didn't know how many episodes, and it the, it could have ended at season two. It's like Blind Spot, I was I was really happy with one season, and that was season two. And so to to get more on both of those shows was was a real blessing. Right. And so then you got to go off and have another summer vacation, and it seems like it's a regular <laughs> theme that you suddenly come back into 
Oh, here's a here's a new show. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to just stay on a show for a, for a period of time um, and not have to, you know, seek out other work. But look, it, it it's just great to be working. It's it's such it's such a tough industry, and you know, I have good friends that are out of work for no good reason. Uh, that are super talented, and uh, you know, and then you look around, and there are other people that are working, and you like you're kind of scratching your head, going really that that person's working that person's not that doesn't make any sense you know and not to pull anyone down or anything like that it's just there's there's (laughs) it's hard to find any rhyme or reason to this business sometimes so i just keep coming back to to gratitude i'm super grateful to be working and for the opportunity opportunities that i've had that i feel are stepping up each time which also doesn't happen all that all all that much um so there are new shows called The Code, and is it 2000? It's a mid-season. It's mid-season, yeah. So it'll be 2019, yeah. early 2019. Yeah, on CBS. And they had another actor in the pilot and replaced mm, them. How, yeah. how did you get involved with this? Yeah, so um, I, 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 we got back to LA um, um, after we packed up everything from New York and, and decided to move back to LA and, uh, went, well, this is where everything happens. So let's, let's be where everything happens. And, uh, we, we packed up our apartment and shipped everything, uh, back to LA and we were in LA for, I guess, a week and a half. And I get a call from my manager saying, I'm going to send you through a script. I want you to read and let, let me know what you think. And, and he sent me through the pilot script and I, I read it and I read it very quickly. It was, it was very easy to read. It was very well written. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm listening. He's like, well, here's the story. They shot this pilot already in pilot season. They picked it up to series and they've, they're recasting two of the main roles. I was like, oh, wow, okay. So they're going to reshoot the pilot because those two main characters between them they're in virtually every scene uh, I was like okay and they're like now they've kind of seen everyone in the second round of casting but now you've just become available even though we were gearing up to do something else and I was going to go back home and I was like oh well th- you know it would be a big opportunity and I really like this script so you know why not go for it and see what see what happens and uh and so they organized an audition for me. Uh, so I went to New York and did an audition um, uh, for Craig Sweeney, who is the showrunner, and, and Mark Sachs, the casting director. And, uh, yeah, I, I went in there and they were just fantastic. I had a, a really great first audition. I was a little nervous to start with, but... Um, they gave me plenty of time. I was in the room for like 45 minutes, which is kind of unheard of for first round auditions, but obviously for them, it's not a first round audition. They've seen multiple people. Um, so I kind of took that as a good sign that they were willing to give me that amount of time. Um, and I, I went, came back to LA and just felt good about it. I was like, yeah, okay, well, you know, I had fun with it it's playing a, a military lawyer, you know, it's kind of you know, it's, it's Jag essentially, you know, that's, that's kind of what the the show is. And, um, you know, I'd never played a character like that before. I wasn't sure if, you know, uh, how I would gel with, with the writing or, and, but I really liked it. Um, and then I was back in LA. And so ironically, uh, the day that our truck arrived with all of our furniture from New York, um, 
we're at the self-storage place and we're starting to unpack the furniture from the truck into self-storage. And I get a call from my manager saying, so they want to test you for this thing. <laughs> I was like, this is sounding familiar. Okay. Uh, it's like, but you got to know that they're making an offer to uh, an unknown TV star, like a straight offer, not like a test offer. Like they're offering it to someone else but they really like you. And if you're interested in going through the test process, uh, they'd really like you to. I was like, sure, why not? What, what's it gonna hurt? Um, you know, it's a good acting challenge. I had fun the first time around, but I could do better. Uh, let's go for it. So then two, two days later, I go into CBS Radford and, uh, you know, have set up the, you know, go in for the test. And it was a really weird uh, thing for me. I always get super nervous every single audition. I, uh, I don't know if it's an anxiety thing or, or whatever, but it's it's just really, you're really out of your comfort zone, really out of your comfort zone in auditions. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I generally struggle with that and containing the nerves. And I went into this audition without any nerves whatsoever and um, <clears throat> did the thing walked out of there, just had a huge sigh of relief and just felt like I just did one of the best auditions of my life. And normally that's a bad thing for me. Any audition that I feel like I have hit it out of the park, I never hear a thing. And generally the auditions that I don't think I've done that well in or the auditions that I don't think I'm right for, they're the ones I hear from. So, you know, I just was proud of myself for, you know, going in there and doing my best work. And uh, next thing I know... I'm getting the, the, the green light phone call. So that was, that was a real left field thing. I, I, w I was in shock. It took me, I, I think I'm still getting used to, used to it. Um, you know, we, I've got a little bit of time before I'm shooting it. Um, but it's, it's sinking in day by day. I think it'll become more real once I'm back in New York and I've, I've met the other actors and, you know, I'm, I'm, starting to do fittings and stuff like that. But you know, this, this is a, it's a really great opportunity. It's a really great character. It's a really great script. Um, I'm happy to be going back to New York, even though we were looking forward to being in LA. Um, yeah. So, um, I always ask everybody one question that's mm -hmm. the same, which is because there are so many Australians over here doing so incredibly well from such a small country, mm. do you have any theories on why you think there's this, you know, there was a certain smaller wave that came before mm -hmm. and each generation it, it's it's now, you can't keep track of sure. how many Australians are here anymore? I mean, the simple answer is probably accessibility, um, really, honestly. Um, back in the day that, you know, you just, you had to be here and it's, it's hard to be here. Uh, 20 30 years ago whereas now it's you know flights are cheaper there's more flights you can be sending tapes you don't have to you don't have to be here yeah. um it's 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 easier that's um, true i i think but in saying that i don't want to take that away from the australians that have been succeeding over here because we have been doing really well and you know it is really heartening to see uh that uh, how well we're doing because i think that uh invigorates everyone else it's like well if if they can do it why not me you know like and i agree um, you know, if, if, if you work hard, you, you can do it. Um, I think also it's just maybe a, a point of difference, uh, a difference in attitude. Um, I don't know. Um, I think 
yeah, it could be style as well. I think may, maybe in general we're, we're a little bit more laid back or like we're laid back, but we also work hard. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something to that, that maybe there's less facade. I don't know. I feel like some American actors or it's very easy for American actors, especially um, living in Hollywood to kind of present themselves a certain way. And I, I don't really know Aussies to do that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And so you already came with a whole lot of Aussie friends here that you'd mentioned, like Phoebe Tonkin and other people that you've worked with in the past. So that there's sort of a little community of you too, right? Yeah, that would be, absolutely. And, and that, that does help knowing, knowing people over here. Um, but it also can detract as well, I think. Um, I, I, it, I think it's important to find community and, and to have support, and especially when you're so far away from home. But it can also be easy to be sucked into the party scene or, you know, socialising. We, we try to balance as, as best we can, you know, um, so that we're just staying truthful to who we are. Well, keep it up. You're doing something right, obviously. <laughs> Luke, thank you so much for um, having joining us on Aussies in Hollywood and letting me uh, meet your gorgeous dog. <laughs> no worries <laughs> at all. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks. Good luck with the code. Thank you. Luke Mitchell has a really inspiring story, leaving a very established career in Australia to give it a go, as all those Aussies seem to do in Hollywood, and it's finally paying off. The Code will be airing on CBS and Network 10 in early 2019, so look out for it. Until next time, that's all from Aussies in Hollywood. Aussies in Hollywood was presented by me, Jenny Cooney, and recorded in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Audio production was by Nick Slater, and executive producer was Jenny Goggin. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au. Download the app or look me up on iTunes. Music